God good tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Today is Easter. It's a very special day in our life as believers that we get to celebrate the fact that God sent His Son to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. Someone was talking to me earlier. They said, Brother Jackie, let's remind everybody uh, that Easter is next Sunday. Uh, that it was just an April Fool's Day today. Well, you know what? It really is, uh, it really is <clears throat> a, uh, a special time because how many of y'all know this, that we, we celebrate resurrection every Sunday? Can I give an amen? How many of you are thankful that Jesus rose from the grave? Let's give him praise tonight. God is good. Matthew, uh, your copy of God's Word in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, if you have your Bible tonight. Tonight, uh, we have in the world today, we have commercialized. Um, we, that was just the electric shock that was going through my body today. Amen. <clears throat> we have uh, commercialized Easter to the degree that we made it a holiday, uh, almost something that gives us a reason uh, to not worship him. But Easter for the true believer is a celebration of the heart. And uh, we have just went through what's known as the Holy Week. And uh, this year, uh, I had to think every day, what was Jesus going through this week on each day? I don't know if you ever give that a lot of thought, but uh, certainly uh, he went through a lot for us. Can I get an amen? The book of Matthew, chapter 26 and verse number 57 Let's bow together and pray. Father, we thank you that tonight we've made a decision to be in your house tonight. And God, we are thankful that our doors are open, the lights are on, and people are here uh, to focus and celebrate on the fact of what Jesus has done for us. We pray now that you would bless the reading of your word. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Chapter 26 of the book of Matthew, beginning in verse number 57. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priest and the elders and all the council fought, sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses, and they said, This fellow has said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answer thou nothing, which is it which these witnesses say against you. But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that you tell us whether you be the Christ, the Son of God. 
And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you've heard this blasphemy. What think you? And they answered and said, He's guilty of death. Then they spit in his face. They buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again denied with an oath, and I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said unto Peter, Surely you'll warn of them, for your speech betrays thee. Then begin he to curse and to swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Jesus remembered the words, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. Now when the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor, and then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I've sinned that I betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. The chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for her to put them to the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with them the potters, bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, the field that was called the field of blood unto, even unto this day, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom of, they, of the children of Israel did value, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord had appointed me. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priest and the elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said unto him, Do you hear thou, do you not hear thou how many things thy witness has said against thee? And he answered him never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast of the governor was wrought to release unto them a prisoner, 
whom they would. And they called, they that had a notable prisoner called Barabbas, wherefore when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Will you that I release unto you Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. And when he was sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, How thou nothing to do with that just man? For I've suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and they should destroy Jesus. And the governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the two will you that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. And Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with this Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried, out the more, saying, let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person, see you to it. And then answered all the people and said, his blood will be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him, and they put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had planted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit upon him, and they took the reed, and they smote him on his head. And after that, they mocked him, and they took the robe off from off of him and put his own raiment on him, and they led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to bear the cross. And when they were come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull. They gave him vinegar and drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him. And they parted his garments, and they cast lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And notice verse 36, they sat down, and they watched him there. They set over his head this accusation that is written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left, and they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, saying, Thou that destroys the temple and build it in three days, why, why don't you save yourself? If, if you be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others. He himself he cannot save. 
If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and then we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I'm the son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in their teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of them that stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah, and straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let be, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And the, behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and the earth began to quake and the rocks began to move and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done, they feared greatly saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were there, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among them was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, and uh, Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee, and children. And when the eleven was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of a rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. And now the next day that followed, the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made until sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he's risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, have you, how about you have a watch? Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and they made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and he sat upon it and his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers began to shake and they became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, 
as he said, come and see the place where the Lord was laying. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the greatest story the world has ever heard. Can we just give God praise for that? What a great story. <clears throat> the greatest story the world has ever heard. And as Sonia comes back for a minute, I want to remind you that that's not a fairy tale. That is the only story that's ever given, been given to humanity that will change our eternity. That's the only story that's ever been delivered that will ever make a difference in our life. And no wonder the great apostle Paul said, I desire to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. For the great apostle Paul recognized and realized that the greatest message the world could ever hear is the message that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again from the grave. The message that changes lives <clears throat> is not a message from a preacher, something that someone conjures up. It's not a message of current culture. It's called the old, old story. The old, old story of Jesus and his love. The greatest message that we could ever preach from our pulpits, the greatest message that the ears of man could ever hear is that God did something for you that you could not do for yourself. That God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son that if you would just believe in him, you would not perish but have everlasting life. The message of the cross <clears throat> and the message of the empty tomb is the message that changes your eternal destination. It causes a man or a woman or a boy or a girl to go from the position of a sinner that is undone to be translated into a saint of God. Undeserving, but he does that for us. The message of the cross and the empty tomb is the only message that can break the chains off your life. The message of the cross and the empty tomb is the only message that can set the captives free. Open the doors of those that are in prison, those that are bound. It's the only message that will make a difference. It seems as if me, to me, <clears throat> that we're living in a world today, that we have somehow or another forgot the power of that message. Mere man cannot add anything to that message that would cause it to be any more powerful. Jesus died for you. He was buried and he rose again. That is the gospel, period. There is no other message. There is no other hope other than that hope we find in Christ. Tonight, you made a decision to come to church on Easter Sunday night. It's amazing to me that in our world today that we have put in our minds in our churches today that this is a day off. 
But ladies and gentlemen, if there's ever been a day that ought to be a sacred day that's devoted to Jesus, it ought to be this day. This day that we're here together tonight. A day that we devote ourselves to focusing on the greatest message the world has ever heard. The message of Jesus and his love to us. Yes, he suffered greatly for us. He did things for us that we could not do for ourselves and nor can we ever do for ourselves. But the good news of the gospel today is that the tomb is empty. He is alive and he is alive forevermore. And today we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. He lives, he lives Thank God he lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me. He's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is a good, good father. And today, I wanted us to take a minute to just kind of read that scripture. And I want us to bow our head tonight for a moment and Bethany doesn't know it, but she's about to sing. And I want us to bow our heads all over this auditorium for a minute. And Bethany, I want you to sing what you started with tonight. And I want you to sing it to the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. 